Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Organ for us to come together as a collective body and to seek the face of God and to pray. I really believe with all of my heart that we need to have, no matter who we are in ministry, a stronger anointing upon what God would have us to do. In other words, if we are called of God to do something for Him, He has to equip us and anoint us to do that very thing. You believe that, don't you? As a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself was anointed to do what He did. You recall that He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to what? To preach, to teach, to heal the sick, to deliver those that were captive, etc., etc. In other words, Jesus Himself needed an anointing to do those things that He did on this earth. Well, I guess the, the best way I can say it is this. If Jesus needed an anointing to do what He did, how much more do we need the anointing to accomplish what God would have us to do? Amen? I mean, do you believe that? Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Do you really believe that? Yes. Let's all stand together before the Lord for one moment. Hallelujah. I really believe with all my heart that we need to have the anointing of God upon our lives in order to accomplish that which He purposes for our lives. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to heaven. Father, as we discuss Your Word tonight, we thank You for the presence and power of the Holy Ghost to give us instruction, to enlighten us, to teach us, and to direct us and to guide us into everything willed by You. As an act of our will, we set ourselves to receive from your word tonight, dear Father God, believing to be changed. And we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory for all that's accomplished and achieved among us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. You know, if you're taking notes, that's fine. I'd rather just have your attention up here, just kind of write that, you know, write some of those things down. But if you're unfamiliar with what I just said, you can find Luke. 4 and 18, and you'll notice that there Jesus said, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to do those things. He hath anointed me. Jesus Christ, being the Son of God, needed to be anointed from on high to do the things that He did. Whether it be preach or teach, whether to pray for the sick. What does Acts 10.38 say? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with Him. There went virtue or power out of Him. Of course, that was the power of God that was manifested through His life. And so, why should we come together and lift our voices and our hearts before heaven? Because we need to have the greater anointing of God upon our lives individually as well as corporately in order to be successful in carrying out what God would have us to do. Amen. We do need that. Every single one of us, no matter who we are. He told his, his first followers, his, the early disciples, to do what? He told them to wait until they are endued with power from on high before they began to go out and be witnesses of His. Didn't He say that? Mm-hmm. And after the Holy Ghost fell upon them and anointed them, then they went out and began to do the works of Jesus. Amen? Praise God. And so, once again, we have to understand. Look at Acts chapter 1. You have your Bible there with you? Look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 5. 
the anointing of God is a very precious thing. As a matter of fact, to ignore the anointing is to really ignore the third person of the Godhead who is really ultimately at work in the earth at this hour. Did you know that? How many of you knew that? The Father planned out salvation. Jesus worked out salvation. He came and He left and said, I'm going to send you another one. Comforter. Who's here in the earth today? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is at work on the earth today. To do what? To carry out the works of Jesus and the plan of the Father. So to ignore the anointing, listen carefully, to ignore the anointing is to ignore the only person of the Godhead who is actively at work on earth today. I'm going to say that again. To ignore the anointing is to ignore the only person of the Godhead who is actively at work on earth today. The Holy Ghost has been sent. This is His dispensation right now. He is here on the earth and He is working to carry out the Father's plan and the works of Jesus in the lives of people. And so therefore, to ignore the anointing is to ignore the Holy Spirit and to ignore the Holy Spirit is not going to get us to line up with the will of God the Father, is it? So He is moving upon hearts and, and lives and minds and of people for the purpose of equipping them enabling them to do the works of Jesus on this earth. And that's the only way we're going to be effective in carrying out the plan of the Father. So, we see here in Acts chapter uh, 1, and notice verse 5, oh, verse 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Jesus is the one who introduced them to the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And really, if you read John 14, 15, and 16, he explained many things that the Spirit of God would do for them here on this earth. He was preparing them for his advent, instructing them in advance. And then he said, when the Spirit of truth has come, he'll reveal to you all those things that I have spoken to you and he'll bring them to your remembrance. Do you remember he said that? Exactly. He'll remind you of all that I have spoken to you. So they were looking for a different day, a new day, a new dispensation in which the Holy Ghost would come and manifest Himself and it would be really His show on earth. I could say it that way. These are the acts of the apostles, but it's really the acts of the Holy Ghost through the apostles. It was His show on earth in the lives of men and women everywhere. Now, He said, You shall receive the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Look at, look at verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And then in verse 8, But you shall receive power, dunamis, or explosions of almightiness, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive explosions of almightiness after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, he goes on to say. In other words, something is going to happen in you. They were already born again, and something was going to happen in them. The Spirit of God was going to explode the almightiness of God on the inside of them, equipping them and aiming them to do what the Father would have them to do upon the earth. It is so vitally important that we be in tune with the Spirit of God and understand the divine flow of God's power and cooperate with it so that we can be more effective in carrying out the Father's will upon this earth. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. That's what God would have us to know and what He wants us to do. Now, in this verse, of course, if you read on throughout the second chapter of the book of Acts, we know the Spirit of God fell upon them and they spoke out with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance and they all entered into a new dimension in God. Isn't that true? They all entered into a new dimension in God. They were endued with power from on high. They were equipped with the Spirit of God and the anointing of God, something that they hadn't really experienced in full demonstration before, was now manifesting itself in their lives. And then they, from that place, went about doing all kinds of marvelous things. As a matter of fact, all, let's say it this way, explosions of almightiness took place on the inside of them and then they ministered the overflow of that anointing and it began to reach out and touch the hearts and lives of people everywhere they went. Isn't that true? 
That's exactly what took place. But that equipping came from the Spirit of God in their lives. That anointing enabled them to do things they could not do in the natural. And so you see, we want to come together and we want to meet and, and expect the anointing of God to increase here in our midst because without it, really, we are nothing. Without it, we cannot accomplish the greater works of God. We cannot be successful in fulfilling what God would have us to do and continuing the works of Jesus because the works of Jesus were supernatural works which took the anointing of the Spirit of God to accomplish. Isn't that true? I mean, that's pretty basic. One, two, three, A, B, C. Well, there is an individual anointing upon a person's life. In other words, God anoints an individual to do a specific thing and a specific work, and they should do that. But there's also the greater anointing, which is called the corporate anointing, in which everybody brings their individual anointing together in a place like this here, and then we, as the church or the body of Christ on earth, fitly framed and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, makes increase of what? Increase of joy, increase of love, increase of faith, increase of the presence and the power of the Almighty God, increase of the anointing in this place as everybody works together like a fine-tuned instrument harmoniously bringing forth a sound that will glorify God. See, that's what God expects of us. So there is what is called a corporate anointing also, and that's why we want to set aside times that we come together just like this so as to have increased in that corporate anointing. And it will increase if everybody will take his place and do his part. It will increase individually. It will increase corporately. And so the anointing is absolutely essential for us if we are going to accomplish what God would have us to do. Secondly, why corporate prayer? Why join together like this in prayer? Well, once again, we said that study and prayer are two things that enhance or increase the anointing of God in our lives. If a person has been selected by God to a specific work, that person should first of all study as much as he can about what God has instructed him to do. Without a doubt. And that person should also be in a constant attitude of prayer regarding what God has instructed him to do. Let's look at Jesus being our example. He was taught in the Word... And he was always in the Father's presence in prayer. He himself said men ought always to pray and faint not. And I really believe it's like this. When men pray, they put themselves in the position to draw nigh unto God and God draws nigh unto them. There is an exchange of strengths. God's power is manifested in that person's life and it sustains him not only spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And therefore, that person will not weary in well-doing because he is drawing not from his own strength but from the strength of God, the ability of God. So men won't faint, you see, in their minds, in their hearts, because they're operating on supernatural power and not on natural power. So there is a divine flow, you see, of the anointing. Now, here is something that is very important to understand about the anointing and the divine flow. When it comes to, let's say, a, a setting like a church or, let's say, like a ministry out there, an evangelistic ministry, you know, that's out there at work for God upon the earth, God has, I believe, a divine flow when it comes to His power. For example, when He spoke to my heart and said, You will be the next pastor of that church. I have to believe this with all of my heart. When He spoke to me those words, and I responded to Him and said that I would do what He had me to do, what He wanted me to do, I believe at that moment 
there came an impartation of the Spirit's anointing for me to accomplish the work whereunto He has called me. Do you believe that? I'm not saying it because it's me. I'm saying if He's called you to do something else, then the moment you said yes to God, there came a, an equipping of the Spirit of God enabling you to do what God has instructed you to do. Don't you believe that? Amen. Why? Because it's not a natural work. So you can't do something, you see, that's a spiritual work with natural powers. So no matter how taught I am in the natural, without the anointing, you see, to come together with the natural, I'm not going to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. Because it's a supernatural work. The church is a supernatural church. And the work is a supernatural work, and it takes supernatural powers, let's say, to complete the work of God, to fulfill the work of God. And so there is a divine flow. And so let's say there's a ministry anywhere where God speaks to someone and says, here is what I want you to do. Well, in this setting here as a church, when God says you will be the pastor of the church, there's an anointing to equip you to do what God would have you to do. And from that, there is a flow because I believe along with the call, there is also a message. Do you believe that? There's a message to be proclaimed. There has to be. How else can you have a vision? What is God saying, in other words? What is God trying to speak out and say to the people? See, the vision has to be made plain to all the people. Why? Because God wants all the people to come together in unity, to be of one heart and one mind and one accord. Isn't that true? A house divided cannot what? Stand. Well, where do we get our direction? Who is the head of the church? Jesus is the head of the church. And who gives gifts unto men? Jesus and the Father, they give gifts unto men, ministry gifts, equipping them by His Spirit in order to do something in His will, complete or fulfill a purpose in His will. Well, there is a divine flow then of that power. He says, this is the message that I have for you to give to the people. Okay? And so then it begins to flow out. I remember just first coming and, and beginning to share with the people of God the message of faith. And oh, you talk about, as it began to flow and the anointing began to flow, you talk about what began to happen. You get all kinds of responses. All kinds of responses. That's true. You get some just, just sit around and say, I don't understand this. I've never heard it like that before. Someone else over here says, I'm out of here. I don't want to hear anything like that anymore. Someone else says, I'm going to sit back and wait a while and just kind of just see what happens here. Someone else says, I've been longing for this all the days of my life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm so enthused. I'm so excited. My, my goodness. What's happening here? See, God is moving by His Spirit. There's a message He wants to communicate to the people and so he says, look, I want you to be in, in this position of leadership and this is the message that I want to give you and I want you to share with the people and there is a vision that's developed as a result of that and all the people then, you see, there's going to be a sifting. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I go back and reflect upon those days and you can just see how there were those that would come in and find out, hmm, what's going on down there? They were curious. You know, and they would come and, and, and just see, well, is this what I'm looking for? Is this what I really want? And some couldn't understand. And once again, you understand, as far as where a person goes is up to them. All I know is this. I've only got to do what God has instructed me to do. Isn't that true? And you've only got to do what God has instructed you to do. But you know what? When He puts us together, there is a reason for what 
He does. See, and this is the message that He gave me in my heart. And this is what I'm to speak to the people. Well, how can there possibly be unity? How can there possibly be uh, a being of one heart, one mind, and one accord unless I am decisive in bringing forth the message that God has instructed me to give? And then how can there be achieved that kind of unity if we're not here together meeting oftentimes to listen to what God is saying through those He's placed in a position of leadership. Isn't that true? And see, that's why I've called us the prayer. I mean, can you imagine this? Jehoshaphat, he's the king. He's in leadership. God has anointed him to be king, right? All of a sudden, there comes a cry throughout the land. Three armies are coming against them, going to wipe them off the face of the earth. And so what does he do? He calls a prayer meeting. He says, everybody, it's time to fast and pray. You can read it in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Everybody, it's time to fast and pray. I want you to get your kids. I want you to get your wives. I want everybody to get together. We're going to meet in the sanctuary. Okay? We're all going to come together. We're going to fast. We are going to pray. We're going to seek the mind of God. Can you imagine if this group over here says, well, that might be for you, but it's not for me. And by the way, who does he think he is? You know, I'm taking my kids shopping. And the rest are going bowling. I mean, can you imagine? You see, he had the direction from above that said, get them all together. Gather the troops up, put them all together, and let's go to God in prayer. Let's hear from above. See? And as a result of doing so... God began to move in that atmosphere by His Spirit. See, there is an influence. There is, let's say, in that environment, a message that is coming forth that influences all the people that are there and they hear the voice of the Lord. This is what God is speaking at this moment. This is what we are supposed to do. Now, can you imagine if the majority of those people just went went off on a tangent, you know, doing their own thing, going their own way, Can you imagine how many of them might have been destroyed when those armies came? But they didn't. They all got together and they lifted up their voice to God and said, Lord, you're God. And, you know, we're just seeking you. Look, the enemy is coming to destroy us. And you know what? We're not going to run scared, even though maybe fear is around us, but we're going to look to you for direction. We're going to look to you to lead us, to direct us, and to guide us. You know, you're the one who's going to deliver us. And so we put everything into your charge and under your care. And so they did that. And when they did, God moved by His Spirit. He touched the prophet who was there. And the prophet spoke and said, not to fear, that God's got things under control. And then what happened? After they were all brought to a place of perfect peace about the situation, even though before their lives were endangered, what happened? The king then said, well, let's send out the praisers. Now, think about this just for a moment. Can you imagine if the board members would have said, well, what about us? We're stronger than they are. Besides, they wear gowns. And they look funny. Can you imagine that? See, what I'm saying is, it's God's work. It's not man's work. And those that are successful and those that are victorious are those that flow with God. The king said, send the praisers out. And the praisers went out, and you know the end of the story. They went out, and they worshipped God. 
saying He's good, His mercy endures forever. What was manifested? What was manifested? You know, beloved, I believe oftentimes when we pray, like we're going to pray tonight, oftentimes the glory is manifested and the enemy is in disarray. Put the flight fleeing from us in every direction because we unite our hearts together as one in prayer and the light dispels the darkness. I believe that. But you see, there is a divine flow. See, and that's how it should be even in ministry. There is a divine flow. And He'll speak upon the hearts of those He places in leadership. And really, I've had this unction on the inside of me for such a long time. This is my longing desire that we would all come together like this and just really seek the Lord, seek His face, open our hearts to Him for change. How many of you want to flow with God in this place? I mean, you, I don't want you just to raise your hand if you, you know, just because others have raised their hand. I mean, your heart's desire... It's to flow with the heart desire of God. That's my heart's desire. To flow with the heart desire of God. And oftentimes, you know, to get a hold of that, you've got to get everybody together and then, you know, wait upon the Lord. And when you do, you've got to make clear whatever that vision may be, whatever that direction is, because then when people begin to hear it, what begins to build? Enthusiasm begins to build inside the hearts and the minds of the people. And they rise up to a place where they're excited about what God is doing. This one told the next one, maybe others who couldn't be with us tonight and said, my goodness, you needed to be there. Or this is the message, this is what God has spoken, this is what God is directing us in. And you know, if we'll all hook up together and all take our place and everyone do his or her part, there's going to be a greater wave of glory flow through this place. There's going to be greater manifestation of God's power, whether it be to save, heal, deliver, or set free. It's going to be manifested here among us. And you know, beloved, I believe with all my heart, it's going to take the greater manifestation of God's glory and power in order to accomplish the greater things that God wants accomplished. There are going to be those, and I keep saying this, who will never come to Christ apart from a manifestation of the power of God. It's like in the days of Baal the prophet. How many remember Baal the prophet? Remember? I mean, <laughs> excuse me there. The prophets of Baal. Remember the prophets of Baal and Elijah? Remember that? And how Elijah went before them and said, I'm a prophet of God. And they said, no, they're following Baal, those prophets. And finally he got to a place and says, how long halt you between two decisions? You know, where do you get your authority? I'm a prophet of the Most High God. And who are you? Well, we're prophets of Baal. But Baal's dead. There's no such thing. There's no God that you're serving. And so what happened? The fire, when it came down from heaven and burned up the sacrifice and licked up all the water, convinced those prophets of Baal that Jehovah's God. And beloved, are you ready for the fire to fall? I'm telling you, there's going to be people around us that are not going to be convinced until the fire falls. And you can be a part of the fire falling. You're here. We're here to pray so you can be a part of the fire falling. See, that's what is on the inside of me. This has been on the inside of me for a long time. We need a greater manifestation of the fire of God to fall in our company among the people so that we can be so anointed of God that wherever we go, we're a blessing waiting to happen. Amen. Amen. And wherever we go, we channel the power of God in a dynamic way into the lives of people. Amen. This is what we are to accomplish. See? And so I speak that from the pulpit. Everybody here listens 
And you know, you get excited about what you're hearing, and then you start saying, I'm in it. I'm going to do my part. I want to do what God would have me to do. And then someone says, well, what makes you, know, you be the one to say it? Well, because God says, you are the pastor of this church. And this is what I want you to say unto the people and make the vision clear to each and every one so those that are with it will flow with it. You know, and get involved with it because God is waiting. We're not waiting on God, my brother, beloved brother and sister. God is waiting on His people to respond to Him. We are laborers together with Him. In other words, this is His longing heart's desire to do this here among us. And He's waiting for us to gather together and say, Here we are, Lord. We are in this with You. And I'll take my place. I will do my part Show me what you want to show me. Change me the way you want to change me. Whatever it's going to take to have a greater manifestation of glory and power, that's what I'm longing for. That's what I'm looking for. I'm going to walk in the light of this, praise God, and we're going to have a greater work of God, you know, within our midst. So, once again, when this is spoken publicly, can you see how it begins to create in that atmosphere a oneness of mind, one heart, one mind, one accord, Hey, this is what's happening. What's happening in your church? We're having a bake sale next week. You know, and we've got kids out washing cars. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with the bake sale. There's nothing wrong with washing cars. And you know, this is happening and that is happening. Well, I like to hear when someone says, what's happening in your church? The glory of the Lord is falling like you've never seen it fall before. People are getting saved, healed, baptized with the Holy Ghost and power and set free like you've never seen before. I'm telling you, there's an enthusiasm on the inside of us and we know that Jesus is alive when we meet. Can't wait to get there. You want to come? Come on, join us. Praise God. We're going to have a wonderful time in the things of God. Can you say amen? Amen. I like to hear that. What about you? Amen. That's what we want to have achieved here among us. Amen. There is a fire burning in people's lives. I'm telling you, we're walking in the victory of God. We're walking with, in covenant with God. And, and the glory of God is just manifesting like, once again, we've never seen it before. See? Hallelujah. That's, that's what we're wanting to achieve. That's why we're meeting like this. Amen. And you see, beloved, I believe with all my heart, if everybody will catch the vision... And if everybody will just recognize the divine flow, how, you know, God does flow His divine power and anointing, you know, into a body of believers like this here, and just say, I'm hooking up with it, I'm hooking up with God, and I'm going with the flow, we're going to see it, beloved. We're going to see it happen in our generation. And let me just close by saying this. Brother Hagin, I shared this with you, you know, a long time ago. I'm going to say it again and again and again. He said he was praying in 1942... Because he had this burden to pray. It was the desire within him that was born of the Spirit. Not that he just thought it up, but it was born within him by the Spirit. And it was a desire to have a greater working of the power gifts among the church. Not just in his body, among the whole church. How many know that God's not selfish? Among the whole church. And he said, this burden caused me to hit my knees in prayer, and I began to pray for this. He began to pray for this greater working of God's power in 1942 and 1943. And he said, finally it hit him that God spoke by His Spirit saying at the end of the war, there was going to be this outpouring of His Spirit and a healing revival that would begin to, you know, spread throughout the land. Well, that was in 1942 and 43. The war ended in 1945. It was not till 1947 that it began to manifest. Boy, did you hear that? From 1942 to 1947. But during that time of prayer, and then finally when the Spirit said it would happen, and finally two years after the war, it did begin to happen, you can see there was a lot entailed and involved in that work of the Spirit, that revival. 
Revivals don't just happen. They happen because people respond to the burden of prayer. And what I'm saying is, in this place, beloved, again, he said it at camp meeting, at Winter Bible Seminar, and I'll tell you what, I know exactly what he meant because I had the same thing on the inside of me. And I've been praying in that direction myself, personally. Lord, there should be a greater working of the power gifts within our, our, not only our assembly, but also in the whole body of Christ. Because we can't reach the world in the natural. It must take the supernatural. And so I began to say there has to be this greater manifestation. And Father, my prayer is that the, that the, the, the gift of special faith and the working of miracles and the gifts of healing would be in operation in a greater measure like never before. Amen. See, they've been praying along that line. We've been praying along that line. And he said the burden now is greater than it was even then. So can you imagine? Can you imagine when this full-blown revival finally hits? Can you imagine the things that are going to take place? I believe this, the closer you get to the coming of Jesus, the greater the glory. Don't you believe that? The closer you get to the coming of Jesus, the greater the glory. And we're heading out to the greater you know, days of glory. And see, and so we pray along the same line. If it means it's everybody assembled together, let's call in the kids, praise God, let's bring everybody together, get the wives together, get the kids together, get the husbands, uh, the fathers together, let's everybody get together. Man, let's lift our hearts before God, let's pray in that direction and believe God for this greater working of His power. And I'll tell you what, we're going to see some things happen, praise God, that's going to cause those that are out there that otherwise would never be saved to come to Jesus. I know about you, but I'd like to be a part of that. I'm going to tell you something else. Can I say this? You know, in some cases, a lot of people, you've got to work with them a long period of time to get them free from certain things and get them walking right with God like they should. But you know, during those revivals, can I say it to you like this? In particular, the Azusa Street Revival, they had this house on Azusa Street in California, and what they did was there was the fire of God found that house. People would walk in from denominational backgrounds that were not even saved. Now, I want you to see this. Let's picture the house right over here in front of me. They'd walk in unsaved, get saved, get healed, get delivered, baptized in the Holy Ghost, out the door, full of glory, and preaching Jesus. It didn't take but minutes. Then another one would follow, and another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. They didn't have to go through 14, you know, months of studying how to be free. Are you hearing this? You talk about, you know, alleviating us of a lot of the things that, you know, you do in the natural to get people free. Man, you get this place on fire with that fire. That kind of fire, that kind of fire, and that kind of manifestation, you know, the work in the natural will be lessened, and the work in the spiritual will be heightened. And they'll be just walking in. They'll walk in that door over there, walk through the other over there. They know what him in between, but they're off and serving God, full of the glory of God. That's what God's looking for. Amen. Or they may walk in that door, walk in through this door. By the time they walk out the other door, I'm mean, they're just shouting, praising God, delivered, set free, filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, healed, and telling people down the street, this is what I got. I don't know what it is yet, I'm fully, but I got it, praise God. Amen. And I'm walking in it. I'm serving God with it. See, that's what God is looking for. And if that's what we would be looking for, we'd have it. But the thing is to get the people of God to hook up with God more directly and say, we're longing for this too. Someone says, well, you know, when God gets ready... No, God's ready. (laughs) The problem has never been God. The problem has always been man. Man has to get ready because God is already, already ready. And God wants to do that more than we want it done. 
Come on now, don't look at me like that. God wants it more than we want it done. That's been the problem of the ages. Man's desire. Do you realize that man's desire is not what it should be toward God and that's why we've not had the greater things? Come on, you would admit it. I admit it. There has to be a hunger and a thirst and a yearning from within like we have never even experienced before. I'm telling you, a yearning from within. David described it by saying it's like a dry, thirsty land where no water is. Can you imagine yourself in a dry, thirsty land where no water is, where you haven't had a drink in, in two or three days? And I mean, the sun is just you know, scorching your tongue and all that. And you are so thirsty. I mean, you're, everything, all the energies of your being is crying out for water. 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 I need water. I want water so bad. Do I want all, anything you would do to get a drink of water? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now listen to this. When every part of our being cries out for glory, 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 I want glory, I want glory, I want the glory of God, set aside everything else, it doesn't matter to me who does what, how it's done, long as the glory of God is manifested here among us. It doesn't matter to me who plays an instrument. It doesn't matter to me who preaches behind that pulpit. It doesn't matter who's, who's an usher or who's doing this or who's doing that. What matters is that they're doing it because God said to do it and the glory is falling like it's never fallen before. That's what matters. And oh, when hearts are like that and ripe for the glory of God, whew, days of glory. It's, it's, it's said somewhere in there, somewhere in there, in that book, in the Bible, it says, days of heaven on earth. Amen. Amen. You believe that? Yes. Days of heaven on earth. Amen. You want days of heaven on yes. earth? Yes. You can have it. Can I have us gather around this altar for prayer? Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.